Welcome, sports fans, to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JT and the Don at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don. I am the Don, Donato Bucci, and we present we are presented by Give Us a Shot Network. And remember to please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember to leave us a five-star review and make sure to also subscribe to Give Us a Shot Network on YouTube. We will discuss a lot of NBA today. So let's get right to it. Let me welcome in everyone's favorite JT, Jimmy Thompson. How you feeling today? Hey man, you all right? You look a little nervous, bro. Like chill, man, what? relax. I, I know I gave you a week vacation, but you look a little nervous, man. You all right? About, about what? We were just do. We were guests on a on a great show on Monday night, and I roasted you there too. I, oh no, I no, you about? didn't. Nah, you ain't roast me. Never. Oh, I sure did. I'm gonna hey, do it again on this show. It's, all, it's Levar Ball energy over here. I'm uh, never losing to you. Nah, that that's me. That's me. I'm still undefeated. That's me. Yeah, yeah. We are gonna see about that. Are, are you ready? Yeah, let's get into it. All right, well, one team that's certainly not undefeated, as we all know by now, the Philadelphia 76ers. Their season came to an end in Boston this past Sunday with a 112-88 loss. And the game wasn't even that close, JT. So, first, opening it up, who deserves most of the blame for how this season went and for them not making another conference finals. See, I don't like the way you worded that because you're like, oh, like who's to blame for the whole season? Like you want to say Doc. Is it, it, I don't I don't feel that's fair. Like ask the question, who is responsible for them not getting it done in crunch time in the playoffs against the Celtics? And the easy answer is it's Joel Embiid. I'm sorry. He's the MVP. You guys have been screaming at me that he is him for the past two years. Jokic is trash, just most boring MVP and player ever. Like, you are that guy that people have been screaming and crying should be winning MVP. You're the MVP. Every list of players that are voting on who's the best player is him. Show the fuck up. Like, he did not show up. His points per game was the biggest drop in playoff history of a guy that won MVP in that same year. He dropped from 33 points per game in the regular season just 23 points per game in this in the playoffs like that can't happen i'm sorry when you're the best guy on the team everything starts and stops with you it's no different than the quarterback all right so first no swearing i mean that's you're gonna add you're gonna get fined and that's gonna go to the potty uh potty mouth hey man i i watched i watched the air movie Somebody go pay my fines. Like, oh, really? I'm You're not worried good? about it. Wow. This guy comparing himself to MJ or Sonny Vaccaro? Wait, which one? All right. Listen, this goes back a while ago. And there's two men responsible for where the 76ers are today and not being successful. All right. And it goes back to the patriarch of the process, JT. First starts with Sam Hinkie. All right. He's the first one. It's because of because of him. There is this known process, as Embiid uh, named it, that the Sixers are in the playoffs to begin with. 
right? So he's the reason they are there, but then he's also the reason that they're in this situation in terms of being a failure. So he drafted Embiid. This is the reason why they're in the playoffs. He's an MVP guy, regardless of what you say. But, you know, and I'm also answering, in all full disclosure, part of the next question. So I'll get that part out of the way now, right? The thing is, the process was a failure because if you go back to 2015, when this all started to come about after Embiid's pick, they went with Jalil Okafor, number three overall. JT, I went back and looked. They could have had Porzingis at four, Miles Turner at 11, Devin Booker at 13. Even if you want to go down the line, campaign, um, Cameron Payne, Ubre, Portis, Tyus Jones, Larry Nance Jr. Like any of those pieces would be a great complimentary piece for that for the Sixers team. Where's Okafor, right? And then they trade Rashawn Holmes, who they drafted in that. And then they tank for Simmons. And this is where the other part's on the other GM, Brian Colangelo. They tank for Simmons, right? They get him in whatever it is, 2016, when they could have easily had, all right? They could have easily had, let me look at my notes. Oh, they could have had, hmm, Jalen Brown, Ingram, Oh, Jamal Murray, who's in the Western Conference Finals. Then he follows that up with Markel Fultz. Like, I, I, I'm not sure. With Fultz, they could have had Tatum, De'Aaron Fox, Bam Adebayo, all right, or your guy, Larry Marketing. Like, that is amazing that they could have had any of those guys, any of those guys, and instead they end up with Fultz and Simmons. Now they don't got none of them. And the reason why it's on those two guys is because they wouldn't have had to make the trade for Harden they could have brought in solid pieces like a Jimmy Butler or a Tobias Harris, and they'd be fine because Tobias would be that true number three, but they wouldn't have had to mortgage all their future and all these other guys to bring in Harden. Then, So, like, my whole point is it stems back from bad drafting. So I'm answering part of the other question that the process is a failure. So I want to throw it to you. Was the process a failure, and what should they do to fix the team? Well, first, shout out to Scott, who says, e-culture, <laughs> we don't tank. And you're right. We absolutely don't. We do our homework. We develop guys. We do things the hey, right way. So you know true. who's a true Heat fan? Not you, but that guy is. Okay. okay. We we both he, true Heat fans. Well, we're doing this why show. Always, why are you always starting? What? I because don't wear the hat. You complain. I do wear the hat. You complain. Like, just face it. Doing, I love my teams. And no, you hate don't. it when my teams what? are doing good. We're doing this show, Game 1, Eastern Conference Finals, and your Heat are in it. You think if the Magic, you think if the Magic were in the Eastern Conference Finals, we'd be doing this show? No way. No way. Hey, man, look, I got a job to do. Scott also says James Harden's to blame. I mean, he was He's pretty not bad, wrong. too. He's not wrong. But, okay, so who's, who's was the process of failure? That's your question to me? And then what should they do to fix the team? All Pay right, attention. so Pay everything you absolutely said was right, yeah. It was a failure in totality from all the things you said. Simmons, Fultz, Okafor are either out of the league or role players at best. So you can't miss on those three guys that high in the draft and not call it a failure. And here's the worst thing. The draft on top of those guys, those drafts since Embiid have been bad. Like the number two best player they've drafted since 2014 is Mikael Bridges. And he didn't even play. <laughs> like they traded him away. And is it safe to say Maxi is the number three best player that's been drafted since 2014? Like, you can't have that. Hinky, like, ultimately butchered this. And it's not just missing at the top. It's just missing everywhere in the draft. 
not getting the right guys, not finding an identity. Like they really thought they were going to win it all with Ben Simmons, a guy who could never attempt to do a jump shot and Embiid, who if you look up, it's crazy. By the time it took Embiid to get to his prime where he is now, he's essentially almost a guy that you can't use in the league the way it's played. So ultimate failure with the process. But how do they fix it? It's simple. You got a decision to make. As outdated as Embiid may be coming, he's still a freak of nature. He's a unicorn. Like not many guys, you know, that are that big can lead the league in scoring and also be a defensive player of the year. So guess what? You can't get rid of him. You got to build around him. I think they should build around him similar to what the Magic did with Dwight Howard. Surround him with shooters so where spacing is not an issue. Because that's always been the 76ers issue when it was Simmons, other guys, is spacing. Get guys that can shoot and just let Embiid go to work. He should be in the post every play. And if he gets threes, that's great. Because guess what? Nobody's stopping him one-on-one, and he's going to get to the free throw line where he's going to hit those two. You got to make a conscious effort to build a team around him and play to his strengths. That's how you fix this. Yeah, well, that that's one route, and and that's part of part of my answer. But the first step they already did. I, I for how much we like Doc, and he seems like a great person. It, I just think with this team, the way they showed respect the hell the way out they of showed, Rupert, the way man. they showed in Game Seven, like it's just not there, right? They're they're not playing as hard as as they should be, unfortunately. And I've told you this. I'm going to give two names, two coaching names to Elton Brand, to the Philly organization. Either go get Jay Wright, because I think he's going to have he's going to have the respect being a champion and he's going to have them work hard. And he's a Philly guy. I mean, he's a Philly guy. He knows the way it is. Right. You got to win or you're going to get booed. The other guy that maybe you could take a chance on. Right. Is um, Darko Rajakovic, who is the Grizzlies assistant. And you look at his his resume. He's 2009 Serbian Cup champion coach. Then he comes over 2012 Oklahoma City bench coach, which James Harden was on that team. And then he goes to the Suns and later in 2019 as an assistant gets to the NBA Finals. So I think he has the pedigree to do it, has that connection with with Harden. And, you know, he's going to be a guy that probably brings in some some new ideas. But then the other things real quick is you got to re-sign Harden. You didn't mention that, but you have to. Well, there's, well, there's a reason I, I didn't mention that, and I want to I want to stop you before you go sure. into this whole Harden explanation. It already came out today that he is prepared to be a free agent, which tells and me he's not coming back. And that's fine. No, no, no. The reason why is. He's not coming back, bro. No, no, no. He has a player option, but it's only worth $35 million. He, everyone thought he would opt into it yeah. this time last year, but the problem is he played so well, JT. Someone's going to get another max. a three-year, $100 million guaranteed yeah. contract and i'm telling you it's got to be philly because no, if they it's either going to be houston or phoenix but that's JT, that's why I, but houston are, the rockets already said they're why, the rockets why? already said they're gearing up to make it about getting him and why would you not go to phoenix it's, it's kd and it's devin booker first how are they go i don't i don't know the cap we only say this we don't i don't know how they're gonna afford it nobody ever knows but they do but if they want the person they're gonna get JT, them. it's different when you already have three guys on a max contract over there and you traded for one so i i think it's different with phoenix houston why would you go there you're not gonna win your whole thing is you need a ring to solidify your career stay in philly get your three years hundred million maybe he doesn't because, care maybe he just doesn't well, care like maybe he's well like, then you, you know, know what? what if i'm houston if i'm any other team ring. I, I wouldn't sign them then if I'm in those other teams. Why? What's so you wouldn't sign them to sell tickets? Like, because you know your team's not going to be great unless they completely 
just break it up and just bring in vets to be around Harden and get another superstar. Like, why would you not? Why would you not Houston take on Harden? Too many, you, you, you couldn't win when he had good pieces around. Now you want him to play with young guys and poison them? No, forget that. So you hold on. So extend. go back. So go to the co- go to the coaching. So you say it's either Jay Wright or I don't want to butcher his name. You say his name's Darko. Darko right? Rajakovich. Yeah. Okay. Here's what I think will happen. It's, it's going to be one or two guys. I don't agree with either of them, but this is where it's going to go. It's either going to be Mike D'Antoni, and it's a and that will be if James Harden and, and, and that's a mistake. You got two guys oh, that can't win a, a title, or it's going to be. I don't know why it's going to be JJ Reddick because they're like, oh, he's the he's the favorite to now get that job. And I'm like, all right, cool. This this is so exciting. If I'm Joel Embiid, like he was a Doc Rivers guy, so this tells me that maybe they're thinking like, hey, we don't need to build around this guy, which I think will be a mistake. So that is a mistake. I like the Jay Wright one just because I think he's a mature presence that they'll need. But I just think Daryl Morey's going to have so much pull in this situation. He's going to go with one of those two guys and either well, Reddick or. He- the he's guy go, he loves, Dan Tony. He's going to go down exactly the way he did down in Houston. If you're Daryl, he's going to go down so scoring. Don't don't, don't do it. Yeah, in losing. The last thing I would do is you got to trade Tobias Harris. You got to figure out a way don't, to don't get some him. pieces. The only yeah, person that would trade for Tobias Harris is Germ. Like nobody don't want him. No, but but there are teams that are willing to take that on because then maybe later they can get rid of the contract. So everyone's movable in the NBA. Is Embiid's MVP tainted by his playoff performance? Ooh, that's tough, man. In normal situations, I would say no, because the easy answer is it's a regular season award. But I think the way people went about campaigning for him to get the MVP, I think it kind of does. Because one, we already talked about his playoff performance and numbers dropped like all time, all time low. And the guy who everyone swore he was better than is having like one of the greatest playoff runs and nobody's even talking about it. like, look what he did last night, triple double, basically at halftime. So normally I would say no, but I think just the circumstance around how Embiid got the award and the performances of the two guys that are in the running for the award, I think it does taint it. And I think we're lying to ourselves if we say otherwise. Um, before I answer the question, our guy, 18SKG, Scott, thank you again, as always, for listening. One of our loyal uh, listeners and followers, he says, no way Jay Wright coaches the Sixers, only team he'd consider is Knicks. I, I don't know why he would go to the Knicks. I mean, they're not ready to win like the Sixers are. So maybe with Jay Wright. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to go to the Knicks just yeah. to fail in the spotlight. <laughs> right. And right. everybody I mean, just, my coaching star he, just dims. He's, he's going to. He's going to get paid. He's going to get paid at either place. To answer the question real quick, I, I disagree with you. I did go back and forth on this, but I'm going to disagree with you because a couple things here. In 20, 30 years, we're not going to remember his performance, and we're going to lump him in. And I always tell you this. you got to look historically what happened. Charles Barkley loses in the finals to Michael Jordan. Carl Malone loses in the finals to Michael Jordan. Jokic couldn't get to an NBA finals his two MVP years. Russell Westbrook wins an MVP. Didn't win it that year. KD didn't win it that year. He won an MVP. Like, JT, this happens. And I understand maybe Embiid didn't play as great as he did in the regular season. But at the same time, he still got them to the second round. And the Celtics are just a better team. And they have been for the past few years. You see the pieces that are around Tatum compared to Embiid. And so at the end of the day, we're not going to remember what he did 20, 30 years. 
We're just going to look. Hey, we're going to be doing this show in 30 years. We're going to look up, compare an MVP. Hey, remember, guy, that, that, remember guy. that year, 2020, 2022, 2023? <laughs> You're not going to remember how many points he scored. You're yeah, not going to remember. Cares. You just going to know he won an MVP. I, mean, I remember that Jokic was better. I do remember that. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. All right. So last thing with the Sixers. All right. And then we'll, and then we'll move on. This is a JT question. He just he just trying to get clickbait. Well, let's here. make it quick. This is it's, it's a new right. question. Who are the 76ers of the NFL? I don't know. It's tough. I feel like the, the low-hanging fruit would be the Bills, but I feel like that's unfair. I feel like it's probably the Dolphins. Like we tank, we actually tank and it never works out. Like the Dolphins tank, try to get their guy at quarterback and only to lose in like the first or second round of the playoffs. So I think they're the closest, but I mean, I want to save the Bills with my hearts because they get so much hype. Scott Leaser says that's 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 my guy down down in Miami. Is Tibbs fired yet? Doc Rivers to the Knicks. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the Knicks are gonna do, but they've got some work to do up in New York. Um, to answer the question, I went a little bit of a different way. And it's the Baltimore Ravens. They've got the supposed Former MVP of the league. Shock didn't see this, this money. Shit. Jesus, he gets, man. He gets all this money. Bro, you should, you right? should be banned. You should be banned for talking anything about any other AFC North teams. Like, it don't even make sense when you talk right. about the Steelers' so, rivals. They make all these trades. They sign all these free agents. What trades are they? The Ravens are making trades and signing free agents. They never, yeah, they brought in Odell. They're bringing in, bro, those are are like mid level, those are like undrafted rookie free agents, mid level exceptions. Get out of here. Next, next. They're making making mid level decisions. Oh my God. Just say you hate the Ravens. Get out of here. And can I finish this? Why are you listening to this? Listen, they make mid-level decisions and acquisitions to hopefully put pieces around Lamar, and they still can't win. They can't even get to a conference title with the supposed former MVP. Well, with the former MVP, but according to you, you know, he, he's the main guy. But, bro. yeah, you dog MB. You're just a it. hater. Make up your Got mind. Lisa, make up your tiebreaker. They're choking the playoffs. They're choking the playoffs you. without done. Ed Reed and Ray Lewis. All right, whatever. Thank you, Scott. Hey, hey, Set your hey, boy straight. Hey, whatever. Are yeah. you done? Okay, that was I'm horrible. All right, so let's talk that, about that's conference a great comparison. Conference finals. Steelers got a great game team. last night Steelers with Lakers team. and Nuggets, but we're going to do our predictions uh, between Lakers, Nuggets, and then of course my Heat versus the Celtics, which is going to start momentarily here. But and we're let's start show. with who wins each conference and why. So let's start with the Western Conference. Who you got? Uh, it's the Denver Nuggets, and that's outs. I told you this before they started Game One. I, I just think it's their year, JT. They're they're finally like Jokic doesn't have to worry about the pressure being MVP because let's face it, he didn't do what he was supposed to do the last two years in the playoffs. Even though you say he's the best player in the world, and I just think they have better role players and more firepower than the Lakers, and I, and I think that's really where the difference is going to be. Now I will say this: Darvin Ham coached a heck of a game last night adjusting, putting Hachimura up top on Jokic, keeping AD to be the rim protector. And you saw that made a difference, especially in the fourth quarter. Now, I will say this. The NBA, just like the NFL, especially in the NBA playoffs, JT, is a game of adjustments. It could be quarter to quarter, game to game, possession to possession. So I think Denver now knows and says, hey, we have an idea of how they're going to play Jokic. We've got to counter that. And I think maybe it's they either put more shooters on or Aaron Gordon I don't know why they they have him in the low blocks when Yoke is up top 
I think he commits. He's coming in. So I'm going Denver. Yeah, I mean, can we can we also admit something? Like I know this is not like a finals game. Maybe we're a prisoner of a moment. That was one of the best basketball games I've ever seen. Like everything was going I, last night. I, like, I agree. It was a blowout. I agree. Like historic stats, crazy shots, and then the comeback, the drama. That was that was one of the best basketball games I've seen in years. But it doesn't matter because it's, it's game one of a conference championship well, it, series. But it, they said on the uh, at, right after the game, the announcers and I agree. They're like, "When's game two? Does it does it start right now? Like in ten yeah. minutes? Are they going? Are they going? They going to take a break and come back? Yeah. Like they going to run it back? Like we're, we're, it was amazing, but." Yeah. I'm sticking with my same answers that we that we gave on Monday. I'm going with the Lakers. And if I'm a Lakers fan, I'm encouraged by that game last night because that was the best shot that Denver is going to deal in this entire playoffs. I mean, Jokic, historical triple-double. Jamal Murray was unstoppable. Michael Porter Jr. was doing his thing. Like, the role players were hitting everything. And you still came back in that game, and you almost won or sent it to overtime. So – I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stick with my pick. The Lakers. LeBron is hungry. I don't think anybody wants it more than him in the West. And this is a big thing. They the Warriors are out of the way. I think for LeBron, that is a men, a big mental hurdle to clear. Where it's like, oh, we do all this winning, and then I know Steph and the guys are waiting for me at the finish line to just knock us off. Like LeBron is ready for this moment, and I and you saw it last night. Even when they were down big, they never panicked. LeBron was like, just keep doing what we're doing. So. If they – anything short of what the Nuggets did last night, they're not going to play at that again. This is going to be the Lakers, I think, in seven games, and they're going to win. So let's flip the script. Real quick, though, real quick, I do want to say, you bring up really good points, but this is the thing, JT. The Nuggets have done it all year. So for you to say yeah. that, like, guys like Bruce Brown, Jamal Murray, they're not going to produce like that. that, that that's can, we, can, we, can we honestly could, say this? Can we honestly say this? That's the best. That's the best game they're gonna play for the rest of the season. Of course, but the Lakers play. I mean, you got to look, bro. Austin Reeves. You always dog him. He had twenty three. Dog Austin Hachimura. Reeves now. If someone had said, "Oh yeah, you do." If someone you, you said he was said, my guy, now I dog if, him. Right? If someone had no said, sense, I can't listen to you. If, if someone had said Hachimura seventeen points, we would have laughed before game one. I mean, if it's so, seventeen I mean, points we, and nothing else, I'll we got to be, be like, real. Baby. Be like if he ain't getting though. no rebounds, no assists, no steals, no blocks, baby. I agree. I agree that Denver played out of their mind, but and LA they almost did, lost. LA kind, of, but LA kind of did too in that second half. Nah, so that's why I, I'm hey, like, look, you gotta you gotta look at it both ways. All right, cool. You got you got the Nuggets. I got the Lakers. All right, yep. flip the script. Eastern Conference. Oh, Heat, oh, Celtics. We're going, we're going to be opposite here too. Okay, cool. Keep I'm the going, same energy I'm going, we had earlier. I'm going week. Boston. I'm going Boston. Celtics defense, one of the best in the league, according to Stat Muse. Defensive rating of 111.5, best in the NBA. Defense wins championships, right? You, you're going to have probably Jalen Brown on Jimmy Butler, and they're going to have home court game seven in Boston. Very difficult to win, and they beat the Heat last year. Now I know what you're going to say. Then don't and say. I, and, just and, say your answer and I'll, move on. I'll let you say it. They, that's why, that's why, that's why I can't, can't do with you. They, I, I can read your mind. It's okay. When you know, because you've heard me say this already. When you do no, that, that lets me I, know that I'm right. Just I preempted right. it. I preempted it on the other show. But they beat them last year, and Boston's going to beat them again. I'm sorry. No, I think it's going to be the Heat for obvious reasons. Jimmy Butler is just him. You're, you're Nobody wants this championship more than Jimmy Butler in the playoffs. Like, no player wants it more than him. And – Coach Spo is the expert. I would say Tatum might. I would say Coach, Tatum might. Nah, he, 
He's a he's a pretty boy out there. Oh my goodness! See, this is the you're gonna games. get you're gonna get smacked in the mouth by Tatum, and you're All gonna right, cool. be like, "Where did that come from?" Yeah, say it to Jimmy Butler. But I think Coach Spo is the X factor, and I think the big advantage last year that the Celtics had was I think Ime Doka was criminally underrated for his coaching performance in the playoffs. Where I think as Missoula this year, it's kind of getting exposed a little bit. I don't know if he's ready to coach at this level in this moment against a guy like Spo. Like, that's the last guy I want to coach against if it's my first year and I'm already showing, like, you know, cracks in the armor. So I think Missoula not being able to outcoach Spo and Jimmy Butler just wanting more, I think, is what it's going to come down to. I can see this series going Sandvik games again, but I'm going with the Heat. Of course you are. Why would I not? So you can say I'm not a real fan? Well, you're not. We're doing this show, and it's about to start. Scott, hey, Scott and, and, and this Great. is and this is why I can say what I say. Put some respect on Jimmy <laughs> Butler's name. You saw what Scott said. Thank you, Scott. This guy's too clean cut, man. Like he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to put any emotion into it. Only when he's talking about the Ravens, then we might get a cuss word out of him. Mom says he did six playoff Jimmy. Playoff Jimmy is basically LeBron. I agree, Mom. Thank you. Tell hey, them, playoff tell Jimmy isn't you. About. Hey, JT, playoff Jimmy isn't you, though. Hey, hey, look. Hey, in LA Fitness it is. <laughs> wow. 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 Yeah, he don't know. Thank you. Don don't know a lot of things. Only things he knows about is the Steelers from the 70s. That's it. <laughs> hey, four Super Bowls. That's how we do winners. All right, so let's switch gears and talk about some serious stuff. I mean, there's no way we can do a show without talking about your boy, John Morant. So it's past Saturday, social media video, again, flashing a gun in the IG Live. Just two months ago, he said everything was going to be different. He learned this lesson, talked to Adam Silver, the commissioner. Now, Jaw has been suspended by the Memphis Grizzlies while an investigation is pending. So they haven't exactly come out with an exact amount of games. But this begs the question, like at this point, what should the NBA do with him? Well, they're doing the right thing in in terms of they're reviewing it, right? It's under investigation. So they got to do that thorough review, thorough investigation. They really do at this point because now it's the second time. People want to know what are you going to do? I think they're going to look at a couple things here. Um, they're going to look at whether it's a legal gun or not. Um, or at least I think these are factors they should look at because then they can legally kind of justify suspension. You know, whether it was a legal gun or not, whose was it? Um, what state were they in? Because you know, JT, there's only a handful of states that, um, you know, well, there are, I should say, there's a handful of states that are not like show states, meaning you can't show a weapon. Um, and if you do, you need to have a permit. So those are separate states that you need a permit. So well, was there a permit for the gun? So there's a lot of things there. You got to have a sit down with them. And so I don't know what the NBA should do, but I think this is what they're going to end up doing. I watched the interview last night, Tuesday night, um, prior to game one of the Western Conference Finals. Can, can we can we, can we admit that Silver looked pissed? Yes, and that's my he, whole point. He, he, looked, he looked like <laughs> – I don't know if you experienced this, but I know my parents are watching. Like when you, you know you messed up at school and they got to pick you up, you got to wait all day for them to come get you. And they finally do. And you get in that car. And you're like, it's a long ride home. Like he looked like again, again, you did this. We just had this conversation. You made me look like a fool. I, I would not want to be John Morant right now if I had to talk to Adam Silver again, because I've never seen him look that mad. Yeah, exactly. And you know what, though? I, I don't know what you're talking about, the whole school thing, getting in trouble. Oh, yeah, I forgot. You never got in trouble. That never like, happened. Yeah, you were, you that were, never happened. were that's, an exemplary that's right. student. I forgot. Yeah. That's right. I don't even so, think you ever liked the school, were you? 
Never. Didn't miss a day in high school. So Adam Silver. You should all be so lucky to start to be like you. So Adam Silver's interview, I'm going based on that. So I don't know what the NBA should do because there's a lot of moving parts there. But I think what they're going to end up doing is minimum at this point, half a season. I think minimum. That That's if Memphis and John Morant are lucky. I think it's going to range between half to a full season at this point. Because I think the thing you could see the venom coming out of Adam Silver was we had to sit down. And before we even discussed any consequences for a, a, a second action like this, he was showing contrition, right? So he literally lied in front of Adam Silver's face the first time. And now he came out with a statement that similar to the first statement from two months ago, it ain't going to fly this time, JT. You know, what's the saying? You fool me once, you know, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Ain't going to happen to Adam Silver a second time. You don't want to know what J. Cole says about fooling me three times. And that's why that's the look I feel like Adam Silver gave. Like he it's it's unreal. Like they they're gonna suspend him for a year. Like Adam Silver basically was like, we're gonna make an example out of him. Just think about how much of a compromising position he put the league in. He's such a talented young star that they let everything he did before this moment just slide with the eight-game suspension. The laser gun incident that may or may not have been a gun with the Pacers. Was he on the on the team playing with the gun? The strip clubs, all this other stuff. Punching and knocking out the kid at his house. Like, this is a pattern of behavior that they have just essentially reduced to an eight-game suspension. If this was the NFL, he'd be like, he'd be like Josh Gordon levels, like he might ever come back. All that, and you just two months later turn right back around, spit in my face, and basically told the world. You're stupid for believing me. Like, no way he escapes with anything less than a year suspension. And I think two reasons. One, everything I just said, uh, slap in the face. But also, you've got to send a strong message because they're playing with fire here. This is a very dangerous area they're getting into because let's say he gets 25 games. Like, what's to stop this from happening with other people, other players? Like, all right, cool. I did all this stuff. You can only suspend me eight games because that's what you did with Ja. And if I'm a repeat offender, I only get 25. Like, that's like getting caught with PEDs in baseball. Like, they don't care. Like, all right, cool. I'll take my 50 games, get my money, and I'll just chill. Like, NBA is – they really need to send a message here that this won't be tolerated. And I think the way you send the message is the full season. I know he's a star, but, hey, look, you got to pay the consequences. But let's talk about the Grizzlies because you brought that up. Should they move on from Ja? So I don't, obviously, I, I don't condone what John Moran has done and what he did here. Um, but in terms of moving on from him, um, no, I, I don't think you can move on from him. He's a superstar talent, right? Maybe right now his character is in question or it is in question. Yeah, um, I about to say, <laughs> I and, think and, we passed the question it, phase. Like we know it, what he is. Right. Well, True to a certain extent, but he, he is a superstar type talent. Right. And he like that doesn't come around often. And I give you this example every time Orlando Magic. Right. Like they get Shaq, Penny, Dwight. But in between JT, they go 10, 12 years without sometimes even tasting the playoffs. Or if they do, they're a seven or eight seed and they're out in four or five games like no one. No one, you, you can't just take superstars for granted unless you're like the Lakers because the Lakers can draw any superstar even if they don't draft them. So outside of that, 
you can't take a superstar like this for, for granted in terms of the playing. Now, you, you go look at the Spurs, right? They get lucky. David Robinson, Duncan. Now you're talking about Victor Wimbenyama. And oh, it's like, but, like the name pronunciation. I, I was wondering how long it was going to take you to be able to say his name. I got it down already. All right. So yeah. The, the thing is, Memphis, this is maybe their best player they've ever had in this franchise going back to the Vancouver Grizzlies. Like, so how do you just move him? Especially JT, he is young. And you hope, you know, for the sake of him, that he can change and change for the good and get it turned around. And, I, and I've told you this. We are a society of second, third, fourth chances. And I think Memphis, and again, no one's condoning what he's done, but even if it's a year suspension, you get him back and you try to really, you know, get him to focus on improving as a person and then also then work in terms of on the court stuff. So I think you got to, I think you got to keep. I like what you're saying in theory, but I think they should consider it because for everything that I talked about, he's showing a disturbing pattern. It's really showing me like Josh Gordon, Johnny Menzel like behavior. And we know what happens in those situations. The upside never overcomes the trouble. That's why I think you need to consider it, especially now when he has value, because if he doesn't get a full year suspension, the message that's being sent to him is they'll always take me back. The NBA will always take me back. The Grizzlies will always take me back. And if that's the message, odds tell me he's not going to stop doing this. So if I'm the Grizzlies, start pulling out feelers and have a serious conversation about what the direction of this team will look like, because it's not just him that it's not just him that's being affected as the team. Like, if I'm a guy and I play on Memphis or if I want to come to Memphis, like, can I rely on him? Will he be there? Like, will he be able to play? Like, will he be healthy? Like, you need to you need to know if I can rely on John Morant to be there if I'm committing my career to being and playing in Memphis. So they need to consider it. I know it sounds drastic, but hey, look, this is where we are. You know, one last thing on that. And I see what you're saying, but JT, someone's going to take a chance on him. Right. Like we've seen it everywhere in the NFL with domestic violence incidents it's like teams are going to take a chance. And this is different than, a, you know, a domestic violence incident where, you know, if you're giving up on the guy, maybe and I'm not talking about basketball wise, just as a person, it may be too like he is a young guy. This isn't a guy it. like like I get he, it, but he's not someone in I his get it, but, at, but, at, but at some point like, you got at some point you got to be available. But, but you got to be, be available. I understand that, but Dude, with the suspension, I get it. He's, he's, not, he's but he's young. not playing for anybody with the suspension. All I'm saying is, is that really learning his lesson by trading him off? Because someone's going to make an offer, and he's going to go there. Is his contract fully guaranteed? Sure is. So what is he truly losing by you trading him? Right. Unless yeah. you hey, are look, really committed to that, saying that that, we want team, every that team is a ticking time bomb. And I think he's a part of the problem. Maybe that maybe the part of the problem is Memphis has no culture and no veteran presence. That could be it, too. But John Moran is the guy. And I Dylan Brooks is gone. Jaron Jackson Jr. is already saying he really don't want to be there. Like, I think this has a lot to do with Jaws availability, whether it's health wise or this bullshit that he's doing off of the court that seemingly so, should be easy not to do so I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the culture because does he do this with the lakers when, when the, bus the bus family is running this or if or if he does it with the heat 
because of Pat Riley's. Well, I think we like, need no, to ask this. Maybe well, you need to heat, look as the an heat, organ. No. Hold on. He, no, maybe I don't think I don't think he does this. But okay, do you, that's, and that's my point. Hold on. Who are the players? Do you think that could get to but, him? But hold on, it's not about the players. It's about the organization and what you've created. So if you keep bringing on guys like Dylan Brooks and other guys that you feel like are buying into this vibe, whatever vibe it is in Memphis, which is showing is not good, then maybe you got to look at ownership, the GM, the coach, whatever it may be. How are you changing the culture as an organization? Yeah, you're right. Let's look at ownership and not the guy who's out there on IG Live with a gun every five seconds. Cool. He doesn't do right, it you, with you the Lakers. With this? He doesn't do it with the Lakers. You, you, seem, you seem like you're going you're gonna to hold on to John Morant like Josh Gordon's like, oh, every year he comes back, he's going to come back, he's going to change. I, but, the, but the difference is, the difference is NBA to the NFL. NFL, you can replace those guys. With, when those guys have incidences, like they really do ruin their careers. John Morant, fully guaranteed contract. He's a superstar in a league where one superstar changes the whole dynamics of an organization. And again, I'm not condoning any of what he's doing. All I'm saying is don't be rash if you're the Grizzlies and try to move on. See the whole aspect of it. See the review thoroughly. And also, you know, find out really what who John Moran is. I know they, who he is. He's showing me every five seconds on social media. He's a young guy. He's Man, I'm telling you, this is Josh Gordon, Janet, Johnny Manziel. You, you, what you're doing is you're praying for the Ray Lewis scenario where he does something terrible, then he turns into a child of that's God not, and turns no, his life around. That, it's that that, is, that very rarely that is not happens. That, that's not true. The Ray Lewis incident is well beyond this right now. I mean, let's face it. If John Morant was facing that situation, we'd be like, I, I would then say, you got, you may have to move on. He may never play another game in the nba so all right so let's do a quick hitter here all right with this season's boston bruins team accumulating the most wins in the regular season in the history of the nhl um i mean it got me thinking if you know they belong on the wrong side of mount rushmore meaning the mount rushmore of title failures all right so the Bruins lost in the first round to JT's Florida Panthers. You know, even though he claims he's a fan, I don't agree. But Bro, resulting, we go resulting, resulting in one of the most dramatic exits by an all-time great regular season team. They had the most wins in the NHL in NHL history. So, who is on your Mount Rushmore of title contender chokers? Uh, first off, shout out to our boy. Uh, the talented, hardworking uh, Adam, Adam Lewis, AJL, NFL with AJL. Go check him out. We appreciate you watching the show, man. So this was a tough question because there's like two ways you look at it. Is it like the accumulation of the season and they fail at, at the at the title game or like the season and they don't make it to the title game in an epic failure? So man, this list could be anything. So I guess Mount Rushmore, we got to pick four. So I went with... The low hanging fruit, the '90s Bills in general. I mean, <laughs> I w- I considered that. I mean, I mean, I mean. I think you got to look at that 1990. Yeah, the 1990 team, team kicked yeah. it off. But I mean, really, just the era of the '90s Bills going to the Super Bowl and just just blowing it. Like that's the definition of being on Mount Rushmore as a title failure. So I would say them. They're in there. Um, oh, this was tough. 
I think I got to put the the 2018-2019 um, Tampa Bay Lightning. Like, Ooh. they might be <laughs> they might be worse than the Bruins. Like, I think they were, what, only one of two teams to win 60 regular season games. They had the Hart Trophy winner on that team. They had uh, still had Stamkos, and they had Braden. So each of those guys had at least 40 goals, 50 assists. And I think um, uh, Kucherov had, what, like the most goals and assists since, like, Lemieux did it in, like, 95. So they did all that. First round, they were up, what, 3-0 in the first period against Columbus, only to get swept in that opening round and be outscored 15-5 to over the next three games. Like, they got to be on there. That's that's an epic failure. And I guess also I want to put on here, um, let's see, I got a bunch. The Mariners from 2001. They what they had the most only, wins in MLB history. Right, you only can have four. You understand yeah. what Mount Rush? I know. Is. Okay, that's they had 116 three. wins, okay. most of MLB okay. history, tied with the Cubs from back in okay. the day, only to lose in the ALCS to the Yankees. So, so those are three. And for the fourth one, oh, this was tough, man. For fun, I guess I'm gonna go with the Falcons <laughs> blowing the 28 to three lead to the Patriots because that was that's never gonna be forgotten. Like that, like every day of their lives. Like Falcon fans have to hear that shit. So I'm going with the Falcons, the 01 Mariners, 2018 Lightning, and then the 90s Bills. Those are my four that are on the Mount Rushmore. I don't have any of those on there. And, you know, Scott, 18, SKG. Now nah, we never say JT is 100% right. What, what are you doing? I got to have a talk to you. Hey, man. I, gotta, I, gotta I don't understand why you just won't listen to me. Like, people are telling I'm going to give you the real Mount Rushmore. I guarantee you two you of these are Ravens and Browns teams. I guarantee you. <laughs> I, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you in numerical order, four to number one. Number four, the Buffalo one's a good one, but I'm going to go number four, the 82-83 Houston Cougars college basketball team. They were 31-2, and 26 consecutive wins. They had Elijah Wan, Clyde Drexler, two slam jamma, man. five slam jamma. They lost not only to NC State, but then later – I think the year after they lost to the Georgetown Hoyas and Patrick Ewing. So that five slam jamma, Drexler, Elijah Wan, who ended up winning a title in the NBA together, couldn't do it in Houston. And I they're, you know they're an honorable mention for me. I had them up there too. Like like Jimmy V is like all-time famous because they didn't get it done. <laughs> so number three, sticking in college hoops, the 2014-2015 Kentucky Wildcats. They were Got undefeated. them as an honorable mention too. <laughs> 38 and 0, 38 and 0. They lost in the semis to Wisconsin, right? You had Coach Cal, you had Carl Anthony Towns. Um, that was really like the end, I think, of the one and dones. I think right there you started to see, hmm, you may want some veteran presence. And then the top two, I think these are no brainers, and you can put them up uh, Jackson Curtis and, and uh, Mike Regina. Thanks for always for watching. I've got to go. Number two are the Pats, right? The Pats, they were 18 and 0 going into the Super Bowl. They lose to the Giants. That's an epic all time title contender choke job. They, they had it. I mean, it was theirs. Everyone's thinking they're easily going to run away with it. But my number one, I'll go back to the 2015 2016 Golden State Warriors, 73 wins all time in NBA history and wins. And this was the kicker. They were up in the finals, JT. Three games to one. Game seven at home. They couldn't get it done. I, I've got them number one on the Mount Rushmore. 
Sorry. I like all those. It's it's so many teams. Like, I even got one team that you said a lot of guys that were my honorable mentions, but like, let's say like they got a gift shop at the bottom of the mountain. Like, you want to find some extra stuff (laughs) before. (laughs) Like, I'll even put like the 01 Rams in there, the greatest show on turf. Like, you forget how dominant they were. They were what, 14 and two? I was reading something crazy where they scored 500 plus points for three straight seasons. And like in 01, they outgained their opponents by 2,200 plus yards. And I scored them by 230 points to to lose to the Patriots 20 to 17 in Super Bowl 36. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. And, you know, there there's some other ones that you definitely, um, you know, can can put up there. Um, Jackson Curtis makes a good point. Right. I think college basketball and MLB have such random postseason. So it's hard to say. Um, but if you're if you know, you can go with UVA versus UMBC. The thing I looked at. The team that lost had to be like an all-time great. Had to do something. Yeah, like they're they're in the history books, whether they win the title or not. Exactly. Not to get it done as an epic failure. Like you win, and and the Mariners winning that many games and not even making it to the World Series. Like they're all people are always going to remember that. Right. Right. Like the Mar. Right. And you know, even though UVA was a consensus top seed, I would say that outside of them losing to an actual 16 like if they lost in the second round wouldn't have been as big of a deal it was that it was the first time they lost to a 16 um so everyone's favorite segment jt forget about it or forgazy i know you've been waiting all day for this so the way it works if you haven't watched before which i think everyone's watched before i'm gonna we will read a statement not a question but read a statement if you agree and it's a hot take you say forget about it if you think nah that's wrong not a hot take as a garbage take it's for gays got it good first one jalen brown has closed the gap between him and jason tatum forget about it i think the I gap was overestimated to begin oh, with like, they're both similar oh, they, both can score. they both can defend they both can take over a game i think the only difference is jason tatum just had the star power coming out of duke that's i honestly think that's what it was Oh my god. What do you have against Jason? Like you can't I give don't. him any I think he's credit. a great player. You I take him in the first round of a credit. fantasy draft every year. He's a great player. Bro, the guy averaged 30 points. I didn't say it. So I so I'm talking Nine bad boards. about Jason Tatum by saying the guy who's played better than him in the playoffs is not that far behind him in rankings. Like you're acting but, like I'm saying he's trash. Is, like the, you pretty much do Is it yes or no? Never, has the gap closed? It has as the gap not. closed. No, it's the same. Tatum's the better Thank player. Whatever the gap was, it, give me it, your reason. It's please. Fugazi. Whatever the gap was, it still is. Because come crunch time, I want Tatum, right? Tatum's gonna be the guy, he's gonna be the dog. And at the end of the day, the stats also show it. Like if Tatum's not out there, they're not winning. Without Jalen Brown, they might be able to get it done depending on who they play. Oh, that's all I'm saying. All right, next one. The value of NBA coaches has hit an all-time low. Forget about it or Fugazi. Nah, it's, it's Fugazi. The owner's patience has hit an all-time low. That's the difference. JT, go look at Jerry Sloan. He never won one title. You know how many years he was in Utah? He was there for 40 years. <laughs> he was in Utah well beyond our childhood and well beyond our prime of our Jerry, Jerry Sloan life. was there so long. Who was the coach before him? <laughs> Nobody knows. I, I the Jazz like just Larry, came into the league and like, Jerry Sloan was there. Yeah, I think it was like Larry Miller or something. But, I mean, think about that, right? You, you look at back in the day, those guys – were there for a long time and you know and they didn't win like look at look at like Chuck Daly Chuck Daly ended up retiring 
you know, and then he went to the Magic. But, like, he stayed well beyond his prime with the Pistons. That's because he had two titles. Nowadays, you win a title, you out within three years. I think it's just the owner's patience is at an all-time low. They're paying $2 billion. They want to see a return on their investment, not in their, their bank account, but in championship trophies in the hallway. I, I think that's the difference. Yeah, I agree with you. It's for gays. I think the owner's patience has decreased and their wealth has increased. Like they can afford to say like, hey, look, I'm done with Monty. We'll buy out his contract. We'll eat that and we'll get who we want. I just think the owners are worth more. So the money is expendable. But I mean, it's close. It's like a 60-40 thing because if you look at the teams that were had the best regular seasons the last three years, all three of those guys are fired. So in some way, shape, or form, the coach value got to be taking a hit. But this is what happens when it's a players-driven league. The players get none of the blame, and the coaches get all the blame. So this is what you expect. Next, the XFL championship was a bad look for the league. Explain why this question is there. All right, so I'm guessing you're referring to, because you wrote it, that the Arlington, um, I think, Renegades, they were four and six during the regular season. They ended up being the second place team in the division, played in the division title game, beat, obviously, as underdogs, they beat the favorite, and then they won the XFL championship by beating like an eight and a half point favorite DC defenders. Okay, so with that being said, I'm going to say it's Vigazi, and it's because people don't care. They're just happy to be watching and enjoying more football. Like, Yes. The records are kind of second. Yeah, the up. records are kind of second fiddle to actually getting to see the game. So I don't think nobody even cared about that. Yeah, I think it's for Gazy. I mean, the game was still exciting because Arlington got out to that lead and it actually drew interest. I think it would have been a real bad look if the DC defenders win by 40, right? No one ever wants to see that, even in a Super Bowl. So I think this was good for them. Listen, there's an NFL caliber talent, and you see it. I think there's 60, there's 60 invites for like 53 or 54 players. So that means a couple players got multiple invites from, from different teams. Or got oh, yeah, invites I from can believe it. Teams. Like we we watched the game live. Like we're yeah. like, first thing we said is like some of these guys could definitely play the NFL still. Like right. AJ McCarron being one of them. Yep. And even some of the young guys that you may not have heard of who played at smaller colleges or whatever, they're, they're going to get a look. So that, that's Fugazi. All right, next one. Shohei Otani will be a top five player all time when it's all said and done forget about it or for gazy so it's 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 both and i, I hope i can explain why but you gotta pick one because this is very this is very tricky because well, i know my I, answer okay. but it's not it, fair so let me let me say this it's forget about it but i preface it with saying he might already be a top five player all time jt he really might. That's why I want to say it's Fugazi because we put in there when it's all said and done. It's like we don't even need to wait till it's all said and done. He may be a top five player all time in Major League Baseball history right now. So it's forget about it. He's top five when it's all said and done. That's you. for sure. I want to agree with you, but I think it's Fugazi. And it's Woo! because unless he wins multiple MVPs and championships, like the stats won't get him there. Like, if you average out his stats over the next 15 years, like he's going to be outside of 250 in wins, RBIs, home runs, strikeouts, and hits. Like those are all the big boys that get people talking about like, hey, like you're all time great. Like your claim to fame is something. So since he does everything, it's got to be more than like, oh, he was just this unique player who we thought was really good. Like it's either you're going to win the hardware or you're going to get the stats. And 
I feel like it's kind of hard for him to do either or. So I think that's what's going to keep him out of the top five all-time discussions. Because think about the guys that he's going to have to jump that are in the top five, like all-time baseball players. Like those guys are there because they did something that people are like, we hold dear to us and it's never going to be broken. Like he's not going to have like the home run record to fall out back on or like the amount of Cy Youngs or, or the, or the strikeout record or something like that. Like he's not going to get those stats because he's splitting time. And I don't think he's going to last as long as maybe some guys did in the past. So if you don't have the stats or the hardware, I don't see how you could put him as a top five player. Like he might be top 10, but top five is a stretch. Well, I see. I think that's where you're wrong. He doesn't need to be the all-time strikeouts leader, right? He doesn't need to have. But you got. But you got to be like top fifty in something. But like to even like to even be considered like a top five player, either that or he's just got to be like a Jerry, like a Derek Jeter type. Like he's always winning championships. He's always winning some sort of award. Like if he doesn't do one or the other, like I don't see how he gets into the top five. So real quick, Jackson Curtis agrees with you in one sense. Number one, most talented, but he's got to stay healthy to be top five all time. You mentioned that probably will never crack top four, which is an insanely exclusive club. I agree with all that, but we also forget how how he's a unicorn, how he's so unique. And it's not just that he can do both. He does both at a at an elite level i mean how long, Babe how long will type he do stuff i agree and that's but and if this but were if this thing. were basketball but he probably would because in basketball JT, people are like oh we love we love the talent we love the unicorns but in baseball it's about production but you either you either got titles or you got stats this you gotta is have them this is where you're wrong you're acting like this guy doesn't do anything bro i'm not saying he, he doesn't okay so, so so what so, name a stat that he will finish at least in the top 50 all time that you feel confident in? I'd have I'd have to go right now and I crush the numbers. There's just no way he could do it based on his averages. There's but, no way. There's no way. You, I, I I disagree. I, I disagree with you. I, I think I think what what he is able to do, forget some of the numbers sometimes. Like what he is I able never thought to, this would be the question to get the show well, going, but he, what, he is <laughs> what he's able to do. Meaning he can pitch and then I get it. I'm in the not same game. We've nah, never nah. seen anything I'm like this. I'm not we disagreeing around with the Babe man's Ruth talent. I'm not disagreeing with his talent. He realistically could be a top five all-time talent, but we're just talking about talent. You got to go out there. Is Derek Jeter a top five talent? He is producing. No, but guess what? Because you, he did everything else, what? that's why people regard him as one of the greatest. Like, Otani is not going to do enough statistical-wise to be a top five type player all time like he's gonna have to win championships JT, and mvps he, like, he's a 28 war find me jason he's the true war. analytics guy i knew that trust me i want to know whose war is better all time like who has a better war Bro, nobody I'm gives a sure damn about 28 war. wars in the top 50 the only people that care said, about war is us not top 50 in anything the only people that care about war is us we're in the when people are in the barbershop <laughs> or they're with their boys and they're drunk at a bar and they're like oh top five like you're going to be the guy to throw Otani we'll, we'll in there. They're like going to the slap the guy. shit out of we'll like, like why are you saying this? We'll look like the smartest guys at the bar. Nah, we're going we to look like just like bitter old men. Uh, all right. So last uh, – well, maybe not the last one. The Warriors dynasty is over. Oh, Fugazi. As long as Steph is a top five player in the league, they'll be a threat to win it all. Because that nucleus, they know how to win. I think it's more of – if the Warriors can recover from the Wiseman and Kaminga picks, like if they can correct that and get 
some guys around them that are younger that can play that can fit with Steph, Clay, and Draymond, I think they'll be right back. But yeah, they're going to go as far as Steph Curry takes them. This is forget about it. This is this is true, man. As we know it, with their dominance, like it's over. It, that's that's a true statement. It's over. The way we know this Warriors dynasty, it's over. Like their dominance, their chances of winning 70 games year in, year out in the NBA finals, it's over. It doesn't mean they won't be good. It doesn't mean they won't have a chance on a year-to-year basis, but it ain't gonna be like before. This dynasty over. I feel like you'll be eating them words <laughs> approximately eight months from now. All right, put so that on clip. IG. Put that clip. This dynasty is over. As Vince, we heard you the first time. The, you ain't got to say Vince a lot. Carter said in the 2001 slam dunk contest. All right, so last one. This one is actually really interesting. So last night, draft lottery, Victor Wembanyama, the Spurs won, so he's going there. But Chris Broussard said this because everybody's saying Wembanyama is like a once in a generation player for any sport best process best bro- best prospect since lebron they were saying they were saying he might be the best prospect ever in team sports that's Ooh. all i was hearing last night Man, but chris brassad says this if Wimbanyama yama is kevin durant anthony davis or even hakeem olajuwon it's a disappointment forget about it or for gazy that's ridiculous that's for gazy listen you name any organization, including the Celtics, including the Lakers, if they said, hey, this guy's going to turn out like any of those three guys, AD, KD, or Hakeem, they'd be like, that's no way, no way that's a disappointment. No way in the world. Because even when LeBron came out, JT, everyone compared him to Jordan. He's the next heir apparent, blah, blah, blah. But there's always something in the back of our minds that says, Man, that just is impossible. And then LeBron does it. And now he's always considered number one, number two. Where is he? Like, so when Benyama is in that same kind of scenario where it's like, we all know, like, man, this guy's seven five. He could end up being like Odin with that body frame, meaning like tall guy could easily tweak something. As you always say, those soft tissue injuries. He'll never be to the be, same to be honest. Like, I'm glad you brought that up because that's the one thing I worried about. But I don't that's think what I'm realize saying. how big he is. He's exactly. seven five. Seven five. But that's what I'm saying. So if he ends up like any of these three guys that can stay healthy or at least be considered how these guys play in their success, bro, that no way that's ever a disappointment. No way. No Man, way. Cut the bullshit. Man, come on. We're not even comparing him to those guys. We're comparing him to LeBron and MJ. That's but, the level of we prospect. Can say that's if, the level of prospect that we Wimbenyama can, is. So I agree with Broussard. Like, I'm not I'm not giving this guy all this hype and saying he's once in a generation where there are people saying, like, he is a bigger prospect than possibly LeBron to say, like, oh, yeah, at least I got, you know, Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis. No, nah, he need to be all-time great. And if he's not all-time great, I feel based on the hype, it's a disappointment. I agree with Broussard. That's 100% true. No, the reason why is there's a difference between being overhyped, right, and being a disappointment, right? If he doesn't turn out to be like LeBron, he was overhyped, clearly. But if he ends up being like Hakeem Olajuwon, bro, and being, you know, maybe an MVP or multi-MVP guy with a title or two, that no way that's ever a disappointment in the NBA. You can still say he was overhyped and he's not as good as LeBron and Jordan, but 
to say he's a disappointment, bad this choice is, of words. This is this is why I will agree with Chris Broussard. This is the word on the street. This all was here in the past two days. Anybody that's anybody in evaluating NBA talent, front office guys, scouts, all have the same thing to say about him. By year three, at the latest, he's going to be the best offensive and defensive player in the league at the same time. I'm sorry. You... AD, KD, and Akeem, like you way past them expectations. I'm talking about Jordan, Braun, Magic, Steph Curry. Like, we need to remember this dude. And if he's not one of those type of players, it is a disappointment based on the experience that I was sold. Absolutely. Bro, it's different when LeBron came out, right? Because there wasn't social media. It's not because I heard about his ass since he was like five. Like and he, and he and we were the same word we had about him. Can he live up to all that hype? And he did, but it's, but it's different. It's well, before for, before, for we, someone, go, before, we, before we go, before we before we go, say for someone to say he's the best prospect in the history of team sports, that's false right there. They've it been really saying is. that it really, but it's false, and that's my point. You're, so you're let me ask you. Let me ask you. What, let me ask you a question before we you're go. Buying into the hype. I mean, of course he's a freak. So let me ask you a question before. Question before we go. Question before we go. Do you do you think he lives up? I'll I'll make it easy for you. Do you think he lives up, let's say, to at least your version of the hype? Well, for sure. Uh, I, that's a tough one. I hope he does. I hope he does. Gut, I, gut I, feeling I think, right now. What do you think? Yes or no? Um, presuming he stays healthy, yes, he'll he'll live up to my expectations. If he stays healthy, that I can't control. That doesn't mean he's a bust or a disappointment if he gets hurt. I've never said that. I'm gonna say no, man. I'm I've just never seen a guy that big, that thin. Like but usually, like when you see guys that so when you see guys that injured. big, like the, like the injury bug is gonna come because they just can't do it. Like you think of guys like Yao Ming or like you know Shaq, like they they can't do it forever, man. Like it, you really think he's gonna be out there for 15 years? I'm doing jump shots, doing dunks. I'm, I will say this. You say he's skinny, but you look at his legs. I didn't say he was skinny. He, I, yeah, to me, it's more big. he's just so he's big. just so tall. He's Listen, big. Like I, if, I, if, he, I, if he were like 6'10, 6'11, to be like, yeah, okay, I can see it. But 7'5, that's a that's a lot of lot of pounding up and down. Like he's playing in the league for a long time. And that's a lot on a on a guy that's that that size. Well, he, he does look like, though, he has the lower legs, has a good frame. But I, I think it goes – so the, the actual statement goes back. J- Jackson Curtis make, brings up a good point. Is the thesis here that KD is not an all-time great player? I've got KD in the top ten. So that's my whole point is, man, if this guy turns out like any of those three you named, he's, nah, he's, KD a, he's one of the greats player. all time then. No How way that KD good? can be a top ten player. Oh, now you don't have him in the top ten. I never did. You're such a Katie hater. See, that's exactly why you said it's forget about it and you think it's true because you don't respect KD as an all-time You're right. Great I don't respect KD as a top 10, as a top 10 you player. Don't. You're absolutely right. You Ooh, you got you me. You don't. You don't. Sue so me. You're, so you're you're wrong. You're wrong. Oh, well, you'll be fine for swearing earlier. So are, are we done? Can I get out of here? Can I go uh, watch go, this man, great? I'm so, can I go watch so this great? I'm so sick of talking to you. Game? Yeah, let's watch. Yeah, the heater up 38 to 34. Like, the, wrap it up so I can get the yeah, hell out of here. Let, let's go because you're not a true fan. Because no, if the Orlando Magic were playing. I'm watching no the game right here. Go. The game is there, right here. There's no I, way. I can do my job and watch my team win at the same time. So can we wrap there, it up so you can get the hell out of here? There's no way. There's get to your no spiel. Way. Can we go? 
Here I'm we doing go. this show. Here we go. Magic I'm trying to watch my boys play. win game one. Can we get the hell out of here? Finish my statement. There's no way Please. I'm doing this show if the Orlando Magic were playing in the Eastern Conference Finals. Well, so thank, well, they with that there. said, you thank you for watching and listening. Even though JT decided to have it on on a game night. Eastern Conference Finals Game 1. But thank you as always. And remember to please subscribe to us, JT and the Don All Sports Podcast. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever platform you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember, if you like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And JT, if you don't like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And remember to follow us on social media. Our handle, JT and the dawn we can be found on instagram tiktok twitter and facebook so jt even though you got on my nerves as always great show a lot of fun good job thanks again for listening and watching and jt until the next episode see you